Okay. Podcast episode number two. I don't like the word podcast. I think it sucks. For some reason, I just think it's the nerdiest thing in the entire world. Which it is. It honestly is. Because it's like a journal. Which is nerdy. Let's be honest. It's kind of nerdy. I think it is. Well, anyway. This podcast was bound to happen. It's not really for anyone. I'm just talking. Like I said in my first podcast. I'm doing this because of ideas I can't get out of my head. I drive myself insane. And it just letting it be in the echo chamber of my mind means that it doesn't really escape. I found with the last podcast, the ideas I had once they were out, they kind of were out. And if it came back, I could, I could re-listen to a part of the podcast and then it was like gone. It felt really good. I wanted them gone. So anyone who knows me knows that my favorite thing in the world probably is uh, basketball. Mostly NBA, college basketball isn't always my favorite because no one wants to see a bunch of 18-year-olds score 68 points. You're going to hear my cat in the background. I would put her in another room. But if any door to any room in my apartment is closed, she will scratch at it and meow until it's opened. Because she's evil. And she's 12 and she doesn't give a fuck. So you're going to hear her little bell. I should probably just... Should probably just take that little bell off before I do this one. Yeah. Next time. Next time. Okay. Hey. Hey. She's look. She's staring at me. She knows. Hey. Pinchy cabrona. Take it easy. All right. So doing a basketball podcast. This one's probably gonna be long. I made a list of things I should talk about. And it's pretty long, and I'm going to go on tangents. And it's all my opinion. I am not Adrian Wojnarowski. I am not Zach Lowe. I'm not even fucking Rachel Nichols. This is just my ideas about the NBA and where it's at. Where I'm going to start off another thing. I'm going to I should I should probably say this for the one person that might listen to this. Because the title will be some basketball related, so everyone will know not to listen to this at all. But the podcast is going to go through some changes. I'm going to say there's no format. I'm not just talking about my feelings, and I'm not just talking about ideas I have. Basketball, I guess I have basketball ideas. I might have, if I ever have someone who would want to talk to me, I might have them here to talk about something that they find interesting. And they go back and forth. These podcasts... I might put up one that is 15 minutes long. This podcast, honestly, God, could end up being two hours. We'll see. I could talk for two hours straight about basketball. It is 2.21 p.m., and I have a game to go to tonight. But let me get back to what I was saying earlier. The, some of the changes are going to be the artwork you'll see is different. Um, it's not just a picture that I took of the mountains. It's uh, a picture I pulled off this website, put some text over it. I think it looks cool podcast name has changed and it's called what it is question mark with sean rodriguez to explain that what it is i'm half mexican my father's mexican he came here when he was 15 bro you can't hear people laughing i got a new mic this mic is awesome but my neighbors are loud as fuck um so my dad 
Mexican. He came here when he was 15, taught himself English. It's not perfect. No one's English is perfect. Uh, I'm going to shut this fucking window because these people don't know how to be quiet. They don't know how to be quiet during a podcast. It's 2.21 p.m. What could be so funny? What could be so funny right now? You're also going to hear me with my McCafe iced coffee. My last podcast, I was coughing and sneezing plenty. And I read about how to kind of make that go away a little bit. It turns out like fruit juices. I was drinking kombucha. You know, teas with cream or milk. uh, Coffee with cream. Anything that increases mucus production is going to make it so that you have a more vocal swallow, your mouth gets drier, all those things. So my solution to that was to get a caramel iced coffee with cream and sugar just to make sure I'm extra gross. But let's get right back to the name of this podcast and then let's get to basketball. What it is, it's a ridiculous name because it's a ridiculous podcast. This, this thing is, it, it is ridiculous. I have two friends, two and a half friends. No one's that interested in me. I talk like I'm smart. I know I'm not. It's going to be, there's going to be times where I'm talking and it's just bullshit. Like literally right now, there might be a whole podcast where it's just bullshit. I know no one wants to hear me talk about the NBA. No one that I know wants to hear me talk about the NBA, but I'm going to. Because like I said, this is not really for anyone. It's a nonsense name for a nonsense podcast. It's kind of what I put in the description of this now. And it comes from, and I have a Mexican, half Mexican friend as well, whose father is Mexican, and she understands this. For whatever reason, Mexican Mexicans cannot handle what is it or what it is. The combination of what and is and it in a sentence fucks him up. My dad has been speak has been trying to speak English since he was 15, and he's like, I don't know, 48, 49 now. 30, a little over 30 years of just failing. I don't know how many times I've made fun of him. My sister, my brother, my mother have made fun of him because he asked me what's it is, what it's is, what it's it. Just general idea. There's times where it doesn't apply where you're like, no, I need to, I need you to put those words together right because I need to know what you're asking me. For the most part, you can guess. Maybe that's a, a small microcosm of what this podcast will be. So that's why the name changed. One, it makes me laugh. Sean Ramble's podcast is really, ugh, I didn't like it at all. So what is it? What what it is? It could be any combination of those, by the way. You can fuck it up too. Because I'm going to fuck it up. For the one person that's listening. Thank you. Fuck this up as much as you want. <sighs> Another thing is I found out I can add music. I can get like 30 seconds of music. I think if I actually edited on my own and I tried to be a professional, I could really choose what music I want. I think if you listen to this podcast outside of the Anchor app, you won't be able to hear the music. Even though the music is coming from Apple Music or from Spotify, you can only hear it on the Anchor app, which is weird. I could do it so that I send it out to any podcast uh, platform with the music and you could hear it there through Apple Podcasts, stuff like that. But I'm lazy as fuck, so I'm not going to. 
just to be honest, I'm not going to. So that's uh, just some of the changes to the podcast. Um, and if I find anything good on this Anchor app, I don't want to leave. I like this app. It's really cool. It's not just an app. It's also a website and all that, but it's cool. But I would like I like to have a little more influence over the material here. And that's just for me. Those are notes for myself. Okay. So let's talk about the NBA. I'm going to start. I have it listed. Is this what I want to start? I'm going to combine these two things. I'm going to talk about the preseason and the new rookies. Because that's kind of where they shine. You know, I guess summer league is also where they shine a little bit. But preseason and the rookies is where they – you're starting to see, like, watching LeBron play next to – I guess they're not technically rookies. You know, Lonzo's not a rookie. But what's a better example? The Kings, when they played the Kings. Watching Marvin Bagley next to last year's rookie, De'Aaron Fox. And I'm going to get to the Kings because I was impressed and no one talked about it because Brandon Ingram dropped 31 points. I should also probably bring up NBA.com. Hey. Oh, you can really hear that very loudly. Shit. <laughs> So, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this shit. And tonight I get to go watch the Denver Nuggets play the Perth Wildcats. If I were a betting man, which I wish I was, if I were a betting man, I would bet that the Perth Wildcats will score 87 points. And the Denver Nuggets will score 133. <laughs> I told my mom. It's not going to be a very good game. She won tickets in a fucking raffle or something. I will never, ever not watch basketball. I, I didn't know what I was saying there. I'll be totally honest. Okay. So let's talk about the preseason. Preseason's been fun. Part of it is LeBron's a Laker. Uh, the Knicks have Kevin Knox. What else happened in the preseason? There was one other cool. I mean, it's been all Lakers. It's been Lakers NBA. Ooh, Markel Fultz hitting threes. That's pretty fucking awesome. The preseason has been cool. I love these rookies. And I'm calling them some of them rookies, even though I love these young guys. Let's call it that. The the young, young players. The past two years. And I should say three, but it feels like Jalen Brown is really established in the league now. It feels like People slept on Brandon Ingram last year. I knew they would. I called it. I told people, no, 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 no. Brandon Ingram's going to be a bad motherfucker. And they said, I don't know about that. He's skinny. Yeah. So is Kevin Durant, bro. So is Steph. This is not 1994. You do not need to be on steroids anymore. Unless you're LeBron, you don't need to be on steroids. You're good. He can get to the basket. He's fine. And then last year's guys, I, I'm gonna just lay this down right now. I think Lonzo Ball is gonna be fucking amazing. I just don't see him not being good. I watch video of him passing the ball from the beginning of his rookie year in summer league, and then preseason, and then he didn't play a ton in the regular season in the NBA. Obviously not in the postseason, but he was so good. I don't want to overrate his defense. But from the flashes, we saw his defense is very good. He's six foot six, and he's obviously a smart NBA mind. Just you can tell from the way he passes. 
those are those pretty much go hand in hand. The best passers in NBA history are also usually the smartest guys. Nash, Kidd, Rondo, LeBron, Magic. I think Jokic is extremely smart. I'm sure I'm missing a great passer. I mean, Stockton had all-time assists. You can't call him not a great passer. He just usually doesn't get put on that list for some reason. And I think Lonzo, I've seen him make passes that are just incredible. And I'm, you can too. You can just Google Lonzo Ball rookie year highlights and you'll find – because he didn't score a ton. So a lot of it is his passing, his rebounding, blocks. He's one of the only people I've seen block Kyrie. I think I've only ever seen like two or three blocks on Kyrie at the rim. And ooh, motherfuckers being loud out there. Um, Lonzo's one of them. He's he's a, just a smart player, and it's gonna play out. I think his shot's gonna improve. He's twenty, bro. His shot's gonna improve. He'll be fine. I mean, it's still ugly as fuck, though. I I don't understand why you can't shoot. Like everyone who doesn't know how to shoot should just watch Clay Thompson shooting, and you'll learn to shoot. I have just watched hours and hours of Clay Thompson shooting. And Kyrie. Kyrie's shot is a little dirty, but I like it. Anyway, little tangent there. Some of these other rookies. Uh, Marvin Bagley. Okay, let's actually talk about that game. That LA Kings game that was last night. That would be 10-4, 2018. It was, everything was kind of overshadowed because Brandon Ingram had 31 points. He was just as good as I thought he would be, and it was only preseason. And I think he's going to be better. I think by the end of the season, people are going to be saying it's LeBron and then it's Ingram and then it's hopefully Alonzo. Who knows? Ingram's good. The game started off with Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox going fucking crazy. Shooting really – that was one of the big things about De'Aaron Fox. Can he learn to shoot? And then this summer he said, I'm going to try really hard to learn to shoot. I'm going to shoot a ton. He did. And then he comes into a preseason game where they play at Staples, I think. I think they were at Staples. And he was shooting like crazy. I think he started the game off four for four, five for five, something like that. And it looked good. It wasn't like luck. It it actually looked good. He was shooting the ball well, naturally. You could tell that he spent from eight, end of April till Last night, shooting the ball as much as he could learn it. Because he knows he's athletic. He knows he's fast. He knows he can handle it. He knows he's a pass. Start shooting. It makes sense. Buddy healed. We know he can shoot pretty well. And I saw, man, it's just my first reaction. I see a Kings player playing well. Then I go, I wonder when he's going to be traded. (laughs) (coughs) I feel so bad for that uh, organization. But that's a pretty good trio. For whatever reason, and maybe it's just because they, they're trying out Willie Cauley-Stein again. I thought we learned after the past two years, if they have a good center, and then Willie Cauley-Stein, he likes coming off the bench. He said it in an interview. He said, I know I do better when I'm coming off the bench. When I'm playing with some of those bench guys. And he is. Why would you not start? just start Marvin Bagley? He's a better scorer. He's a better defender. That dude is a bull. He really is. I was critical of the Kings taking him at two. Is that what they did? Took him at two? Yeah. I was critical of that because it was like, you should obviously take Luka. 
or even Jaron Jackson. Has Jaron Jackson been playing? Actually, I haven't been paying attention. I pay so little attention to the Memphis Grizzlies. I truly honestly forget that they're even an organization. Let's take a look. I don't know. All my poor bulls have done so poorly. Okay. Okay, laptop. Let's not be so fucking slow. I love Jaron Jackson. 15 points. Shooting percentage. Field goal. Oh, he was 6 for 6. How many rebounds? He can shoot the 3. I love Jaron Jackson. He's really young. I think he was the youngest player in the draft this year. Just turned 19, or maybe it was Kevin Knox. Those dudes were super, super young. I really like uh, Knox and Jackson. But Marvin Bagley, I just wasn't sure, but that trio is pretty good. Heald, Fox, and Bagley, and it's the Kings. We can almost expect them to make a gigantic mistake. They almost, they most certainly will. We, we saw a picture was tweeted out when someone, some G Leaguer, some undrafted dude or whatever, he signed with the Kings. You can see in the backboard what their projected win-loss ratio is going to be, and it's like nine wins or some bullshit. I don't know. Maybe they'll try and tank again. How long do you try and tank? Like, at what point did Jerry West and Bob Myers and who else is, was there? Well, let's go with the Jerry West and Bob Myers. When did they decide, you know what? We have Clay. We have Drama. We have Steph. We have some older guys. Let's start trying to win. Let's start learning. I mean, when it comes to tanking and then being successful, is there any team that has been as potently successful? You could say the Spurs. They tank for uh, Tim Duncan. And, you know, they've had 21 years of playoff experience and five championships 2014 spurs one of the greatest teams of all time one of the most efficient scoring teams of all time i should say but the warriors got steph and then they got clay and they got draymond and then at some point they said we're gonna start trying to win we're gonna start learning to win and draymond was a bench player for quite some time until who do you say andrew bogut Bogut, he said, he gave credit to, telling him he uh, taught everything he knew. Just when do you decide to start winning? I mean, if this year you're going to have Buddy Heald who's shooting well, and if you have, like, the Kings maybe could start tricking people too. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is, what if teams think, like, this is a bad trade for them? What if they say, we're not trading away Fox, we're not trading away... Bagley, we're not trading away healed. But they pull together some crazy package, get rid of some trash bench guys, and get like one role player, and then they have three and a half guys. I'm not even saying they'll make the playoffs. I'm not saying that at all. I don't think they will. But what if they just say, let's get you some learning experience, and then make a super, super conscious effort to pick to, to to look for who you're gonna pick in the draft. Saying if we're gonna pick at 13 in the 13 range, do we need another shooter? Do we need a, a guy who can be a three or a four and guard one through five? Like, can we can we try and look? You know, it's not easy to just find a Draymond Green. 
or a Horford or a Diao, you know. But can we try? Like, if you told me that team was De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, some dude at three, a Draymond, Diao, Horford type of player, and then Bagley at the five, I mean, Bagley could probably be a three or four. He's not a huge center. He's just been being called a center. What if they got a good center? Could you imagine if they still have Boogie? They didn't trade away Boogie. And maybe it was a good idea that they traded away Boogie. But could you imagine if they if they didn't trade him away? And it was, I guess it would mean you wouldn't have some of these players. But let's throw that away. And it was Fox, healed somebody at the three. Bagley and Boogie. Oh my God. That would be insane. That'd be crazy. That that would be would we be talking about the Kings as eight seed or something like that? Or more. I mean, Boogie can score 40 points a game. I don't know. I, I need to get off the Kings, but I'm just saying that, that trio looked good. They looked really good. I liked De'Aaron Fox's shooting. I don't care for his whole like I'm in the anime shit. Like, he's just trying to get his own little crowd going. I've always liked Buddy Heald ever since he went to the Philippines and dunked on some poor little, you know, five foot two Filipino kids. I like that dude. He's also kind of cute. I love him. Uh, and then Bagley, I, I've just been critical of him. I just don't know how good he is, but he looked good. He's looked good so far. He's just being overshadowed by other rookies. So let's go to one of the dudes that is overshadowing rookies, Kevin Knox, who's like a Jason Tatum light as of right now. Dude could shoot the three. He's athletic, 6'9", 6'10", built big. He, you, he really reminds me of Tatum. Also super young, pretty smart, tries hard. The Knicks last year were... You know, they started off kind of fun. KP was just going bananas, 40 points a game, but he's also playing 42 minutes a game. And unless you're Russell Westbrook or LeBron James or Jimmy Butler, you just can't play 42 minutes a game. So he obviously got hurt. He also had a weird playing style where he was constantly crashing, crashing the basketball for rebounds and crashing to score. And no doubt he got hurt. And now it's about will he be able to change his playing style? And you don't want him to change his playing style because he's not a good player. You just don't want the same thing to happen. Because if he gets hurt again and he's seven foot three and he has a similar injury or the same injury, then it automatically goes from this is a bad injury, but we can come back from this to like, can we come back from this? It's really hard for seven foot three guys to come back from shit like that. Especially with his playing style. Anyway, Kevin Knox. I just like the dude. I said it on I tweeted it on draft day. Fucking New Yorkers are so dumb. They're just dumber than fuck. Let's be honest. They are booing him immediately. They wanted Porter Jr. And my my second team, Denver, got Porter Jr. I'm very happy about that. He landed at 14. That was perfect. He probably could have gone lower, honest to God. But Denver like could not have passed him up, duh. But why would you? I mean, Porter is 6'10, Knox is 6'9. Porter's younger? No, uh, Knox is younger, I think. I mean, you're pretty much getting the same player. 
New Yorkers are dumb as fuck. They're so stupid, dude. He's going to be good. He's going to be so good. It's it's the guard position they're a little weak at. Nidalinka still is not a great shooter. He's getting stronger, though. You can clearly see that. His ball handling is fine. His defense is pretty good. He might make all defense this coming year. I don't know what he's going to look like, though. He's a big question mark. I like Fizdale. Fizdale's definitely a little overrated, or at least he got overrated for a moment there. No, you know, that was helped by LeBron and D-Wade when he got fired by the Grizzlies. They sort of caused a ruckus, talking about how great of a coach he was. But bench coaches to me is always like, until you get your own coaching job, you have to prove that you're actually a good coach. You know, like... They were actually being coached by Spolstra. You have to give Spolstra almost all the credit. That coaching team was great, but we need to see Fizdale do something great. And I think it's going to be a good year. Who else do they have? I can't think of who else in New York. KP, when it gets back, Knox. Don't they have someone else? I can't think of who else they have. The F is wrong with me. I mean, I guess I was counting Fizdale for a portion of that. Let's get off them though. I did have a note written down, not even for the preseason, just a note in general about Spencer Dinwiddie. I just want to say I want him to do well because he's from Boulder. He played here. It's part of the reason I love Andre Robertson so much because he came here and he played in Boulder. <laughs> And he's weird, right? Like, if it wasn't obviously Oladipo for most improved player of the year last year, it probably would have been Dinwiddie. He gets recognition, but I just don't know how good he is, but I don't know. I'm not, I don't think he's bad. Is it like in two years we'll be like, he's a top 25 player? I can't think of a place where he's specifically really good. He's not specifically a really good scorer. Not specifically a really good defender. Not specifically a really good passer. But it feels like he's good, right? Like, I just don't know why I like him so much. I don't know. Honestly, God, I don't know. I just want him to do well, and I hope he takes a big leap this year. But I just don't know. I feel like I'm missing some rookies. I feel like... I wanted to talk about more, but I didn't write down specific names. And now that I'm actually recording, I have no idea what I wanted to say. Let's think, who's in this rookie class? Aiton. Obviously, number one pick, DeAndre Aiton. I think that was a mistake by Phoenix. They had a lot of big guys to pick from. Ooh, excuse me. Thank you. Um, He can score, and he's big and dominant, and he might learn to be defensive. I guess that is it. It's it's right. This is the word we constantly hear. Upside. Guys with upside. Do you want to pick the guy with upside who's built like Shaq? I don't like saying that, but, you know, he's huge. Built like Ewing. Yeah. But, I mean, Bagley was also there. Jaron Jackson. Now it's really hard. I mean, I wasn't positive that the Suns were going to try and tank this year. They could have. 
But why would they have paid Ariza so much, you know? And then fucking Booker breaks his hand. Needs surgery or whatever. Dude. I know they don't have a good guard. But when you have Booker and you have Ariza and you have uh, Josh Jackson and you have DeAndre Ayton, you have enough scoring to say, let's try to get the eight seed. Booker's 25 a game. Ayton's 20 a game. Jackson's 20 a game. Ariza's 18 a game. He brings up a veteran. I just I thought they would have at least tried to get into the playoffs. And now that Booker's gone and he might not be, who knows when he's going to be back. It's a shooting hand. You know, there's you know pictures and videos and talk of him learning to shoot with his left hand, but but I want to see it because that's not realistic. That's not reality. You know, this whole Mamba mentality bullshit. Let's see you actually do that because it's not going to happen. You're going to be on the bench, and then every time you get interviewed, yeah, I'm practicing with my left hand. I'm getting better with it. So when I come back, okay, well, we need you here right now, dude. Breaking your hand, probably riding a bike or some bullshit. <sighs> what are the other rookies? Doncic. He did get in a little out of shape. He got a little tubby. He looked winded. He'll play himself back into shape. I don't like that, though. That's never good. I'll play myself back into shape. No great player has ever said, I'll, I'll do that. They come in shape, and they stay in shape. And then when the season's over... They continue to be in shape. I, 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 and he never said that, but like, what is this? Is he just like, now that I have all this money, I'm just going to party it up. And then once the season starts, I'll get back in shape. We want you in shape from the, from the get go, buddy. Buddy, what the fuck am I? Just start in shape. Just work out, bro. You can't pay millions of dollars to work out. I get paid nothing to work out, and I love it. But he, he, he started. That one game off, I don't remember who the fuck they were playing, but he started that one game off playing pretty slow, and then he got better. Trey Young, I like Trey Young. People are super critical of him. People think he's going to bust. I don't think he's going to bust. I don't think he's going to be great. I think he'll be like the third best dude on, on a team, which is hard when it's your point guard, I guess. It depends. You know, if you can have a great, you know, three – you know, forward, if you can have a great forward and then your second best player is your guard, it's a good team. You got something good going. When the third or fourth best player in the team, that's when you're maybe in trouble. But I, I think he's going to take some time adjusting to NBA defense. He's going to take some time adjusting to the distance. People say, you know, he, he would launch up shots from half court. We don't need him to do that. We need him to launch shots from just beyond the arc. I think he's going to be fine, though. I like that team. I like T. Prince. I like John Collins. I like Trey Young. He is a good passer. He's an underrated passer. Very underrated passer. I think he's. A, I think that'll be something that shows in him this year for sure. I think he's going to have some fucking dimes. Wendell Carter, my beloved bull, future all-time great bull. He's just good. He's just fundamentally good. Some people... I saw some people tweeting about that and whatnot that they don't like it, but I love it. I love having that Draymond Green player. And they keep starting Rolo. Look, Robin Lopez, I love you, but you're not even your brother. You had a decent year last year. But get my boy Wendell in there. He came to draft it in a Gucci shawl matching his dad, bro. 
you got to put Wendell Carter in there. Larry Marketing got hurt. That hurts my heart so much. I wish he hadn't. Oh, I love Lowry. I wish he hadn't. Watching them get blown up by the Bucks the other day just made me want to die. <sighs> One of my favorite rookies who's also hurt is uh, Mo Wagner, who's on the Lakers. I keep hearing this. The Lakers don't have a real center. They're, they don't have a backup center. They're short at the center position. I know. It's only because Mo's hurt. He'll be back. He'll be good. By January, people are going to be talking about how good Mo is and where he ranks in, you know, centers in the NBA, where he could be in five years. He shoots the three well. He has good form. He rebounds. He's defensively. He's a dog. He has crazy energy. If you watched him on March Madness, you would have known that in the NCAA uh, championship game. But that summer league Watch him on the bench when one of his teammates does something. He He's crazy energy. He's crazy, crazy energy. He balls. He loves playing basketball. He loves winning, and he tries hard. That's going to be perfect next to Rondo and LeBron and Ingram. He's, it's going to work just fine. They're, we're not going to be talking about how short. Last year, the Warriors had like four centers. <coughs> oh, my God. The Lakers took one of them, and they drafted another. And then they drafted a good three-point shooter, Svi Makai Luke. The, the Lakers are going to be very good. I'm going to start with the East before I get to the West, because I have a lot more to talk about in the West than the East. But I am going to probably spend quite some time talking about the Lakers. But let's get past that. I can't think of any more rookies. I'm sure they're there. Well, now when I talk about the Nuggets, I'll talk about Porter Jr., the Bucks. I'm gonna start with the Bucks because I think they're probably, besides the Nuggets, they're the most underrated team in the NBA right now. You could say maybe the Sixers now that Markell is shooting, but I think it's I think it's the Nuggets. I think it's the Bucks. The Bucks now have Eric Bledsoe, who I still don't like that much. Never liked him. I don't like anyone who doesn't try hard at a sport that they get paid to play. They have Dante DiVincenzo has not been good so far. He could be. He very well could be, but he hasn't. They have Malcolm Brogdon, who's just a fundamental player, moves the ball, can shoot a little bit, can rebound a little bit, play some defense. Not great. Fluke rookie of the year. It was a bad year for rookies. But he's fine. He's a fine player. You're not mad at him. He's a role player. You need role players on good teams. That's what he is. At the three is Chris Middleton, who's one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Good shooter. Not just not just a okay, a good shooter. He's big, he's athletic, he can play defense, rebound, pass the ball. And this team is long, by the way. I mean, these guys are big. Brogdon's a pretty big dude. He's not, you know. He, he's a, good for his uh, position. Chris Middleton's a big dude. At you would He's not a four. He doesn't play the four, but that's it, just where you slot him in. Obviously, Giannis. I don't need to say anything about Giannis. We all know. Giannis is a freak. He's a great freak. He's unbelievable. Probably MVP this year. I mean, 
It's him or LeBron. Yeah, it's him or LeBron. Maybe AD sneaks in there. But I think I think it's him and LeBron, depending on what happens. And uh, and then at the five, and this is an underrated acquisition, but they got Brooke Lopez, who can shoot the three, who's big, who's defensive. He can finish around the rim. He can handle the ball. Brooke Lopez is a good basketball player. The bench is short, but it's top-heavy. And they're long. And and Mike Budenholzer, who is a good coach. Boring teams, historically. Good coach. But he's had boring fucking players. He had Al Horford and Jeff Teague and Paul. Like, the, the combination of the most boring players of all time. Like, obviously they're going to be boring teams. Now they have Giannis who's one of the most exciting players to watch in the league. He's so fun. It's going to be it's going to be good. I think they're going to be very good. They're very very underrated. Then there's the 76ers. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm disgusting. <clears throat> summer throughout the summer I was down on the 76ers. You know, the 16-game win streak was cool. And I thought it showed that they were they did something well. Oh, you know what? The Bucks got Ursa Ilyasova, too. That's nice. That's nice. That's a good bench player. Um, anyway, so the 76ers, they just didn't do much. They didn't get a GM until like five minutes ago. They didn't really get any other starters. They didn't get any impact guys, despite the fact that they obviously looked like a destination for an impact guy. And what I was saying the whole time was if Markel is good, maybe you don't need to spend all that money. And maybe they were thinking that too. And I knew Markel would be good if he could get over this mental... It's a mental health thing, and that's hard. That's harder than... He's not a great dribbler. You can learn to dribble. He's not a great passer. You can learn to pass over time. Maybe not be great, but we can learn. Maybe he struggles to finish around the rim. Well, you know, practice makes perfect, right? <laughs> a mental health thing sucks, but he's shooting. He's shooting. He's not ashamed. And I like his trainer. Drew Halen's great. He's athletic. He's a he's I think he's shown to us that he can defend very well. And he can defend multiple positions. Because he's super athletic. He's pretty strong. He's pretty long. If he really becomes a threat from anywhere on the floor, he can handle the ball. Obviously, that spin move is death. It's so deadly. Obviously, people will learn it because people you know, Andrew Wiggins can't use that spin move anymore because people know exactly what he's doing. But if, if the shooting improves and he really starts to integrate with the team, when you're looking at a fucking big team, that's a big, big team. That's a big starting five. When your point guard is also a center who used to play Australian rules football and Australian rugby and is six foot ten. And, and just, I know it's only preseason, and I'm only going off preseason because it's the only I can go off of. But it looks like he's, you know, a little bit more okay with getting banged around in the post. He's he's made some tougher drives in. He's okay with taking some more contact. Ben Simmons is 6'10", and he's your point guard? That's crazy. At 2, Markel Fultz, 6'6", six, six, built like Harden. Some, maybe faster? I mean, he's fast. He is so fast. And if he can shoot, 
We just need Ben Simmons. If Ben Simmons can't shoot, I want him to start shooting this year, even if it sucks, even if people laugh at you. It might. I think maybe he's waiting for it to get to the point where people won't necessarily, not so many people will laugh at him if he shoots a three and he bricks it because people are like, at least he shot the ball. We just want to see him shoot. I just want to see him shoot. I just want defenses to think, what if this superhero starts shooting? You know, we have to plan for him to start shooting too because that's how Boston shut them down was just, oh, your main distributor can't shoot? That's fine. We're going to build a fucking wall. And then you have Robert Covington, who's like 6'5", 6'6", obviously a good defender, decent shooter, not in the playoffs, but regular season, he's a good shooter. Uh, What's his name? Dario Saric, 6'9", 6'10", decent shooter, good rebounder. And then Joel Embiid, who's the most physically probably the biggest dude in the NBA right now. Like Giannis is big, but he's not as big as Embiid, you know. If you put both those dudes into the post, I'm going to take Embiid. Embiid is just big. He's built like a fucking giant. I guess Dwight Howard is still in the league, but who's really talking about Dwight Howard too much? The only other guy who I could think of would be Boogie and maybe Brooke Lopez that are as big at the center position. Embiid is a big fucking guy. He's a big dude. That, that's a massive starting lineup. And then you get smaller there. JJ Reddick is my size. But his shooting is unreal. JJ looks like he's almost shooting even better. And again, it's preseason. Defenses are weaker. But, man, that's a scary shot. When you just automatically think it's going to go in, that is a scary shot, man. So next team I want to talk about is Indiana. They didn't do anything. I wish they had. I heard uh, Bill Simmons from The Ringer talk about this, where he said, and he's a Boston guy, as everyone knows about Bill Simmons, but he said, like, I really thought Indiana should have, and I wish they had gotten Marcus Smart. Obviously, Marcus Smart being on the Celtics just makes the Celtics even better, which I will talk about them. But could you imagine Marcus Smart and Oladipo? That's the most deadly defense backcourt in the league. Each of them have like two steals a game. Smart is Smart had a two-hand block on a LeBron dunk in the Western Conference Finals. Or Eastern Eastern Conference Finals. That dude can defend anyone from anywhere. He is so good. And Oladipo is just so explosive. I feel like he could dunk from anywhere. Indiana didn't really do much, though. They got Doug McDermott for, like, a $22 million two-year contract or something like that. That was a bad call. They just didn't do anything. Maybe they're waiting. I don't know what they're waiting for. I wish they had gotten rid of Collison, who just can't score, can't handle the ball as well as a lot of dudes. I know it's hard to get people to come to Indiana. You have to make trades, but... I don't know. Maybe if you could have... Even if you were to throw away defense and try and get Dragic or some Gorn Dragic... Dragic. Anyone. Any other point guard would have been better. But nope, they just didn't change. Maybe they're just saying, you know what? It's the East. Probably have the four seed. Maybe the uh, three seed. 
I don't know. It actually is kind of mucked up at the top of the Eastern Conference. We'll talk about that in a second with these teams coming up. But next, uh, yeah, it's hard to talk about Indiana because they didn't do anything. It's just I could have talked about them last year. It would have been pretty much the same team. We just would have been. I'm excited to watch Oladipo to see if he, you know, how much more he develops, how much more he changes. That would be cool. Next is the Cavs. This is a team where I'm kind of liking the starting lineup. I like that team a little bit. They're going to be a fun league pass team. That's for sure. Colin, uh, Colin Sexton's fucking awesome. That video of him from Summer League where he's standing in front of Josh Hart and he's just, it's the end of the fourth quarter. And he's just standing there flexing, just, just grunting and staring at him like a fucking psychopath. I love, I love that shit. That scary shit. <laughs> he's out of his mind. And he can score too. Can't shoot, really. Once he learns to shoot, he's gonna be he's gonna be deadly. He's gonna be a dangerous dude. Um obviously K Love. I love K Love. TT is still a good center. He's an underrated center. You know, he's kind of like the Clint Capella. He can't shoot. Can't finish around the rim as well, but he's fine. He's fine. He's been to four straight finals. Like, you want that dude. Talking shit, saying, you know, <laughs> you know, we did great last year, so we'll be good this year. Like, bro, you had LeBron. Like, come on. You know, you know, if you didn't have LeBron, you would not have made the playoffs. Like, that's crazy. You know, that's crazy as fuck. <laughs> Don't lie to me, bro. Next is what was I gonna say? Uh, oh yeah, I'm still talking about the cast. Who else? That Seti Osman's playing the three. Who do they have at the two? I think they were saying they're gonna have Rodney Hood. I just think the East is pretty weak at the bottom. They could probably make the eight seed. Celtics beat them at four. It'll be fun, though. It'll be fun to watch. I'm excited just to watch Colin Sexton. I forgot him as a rookie. He's going to be fun to watch. That that bull. He is a bull. So, I'm talking. So, now we're, now we're moving on to the... Let's just talk about the top of the Eastern Conference, and that's the Celtics. The Raptors could be weird and do it again. I mean, they replaced DeRozan and Pirtle with Kawhi and Danny Green. But having hopefully a healthy Kyrie and a healthy Gordon Hayward in this, you know, Jalen's going into his third year, Tatum going into his second year. Now we know how good Tatum can be. We know how good Jalen Brown could be. And I kept okay, I kept hearing this this bullshit, these lies, these weird sentiments about like a lot of, I kept hearing, <laughs> I kept hearing who, you know, who are they going to, you know, what's the starting lineup going to be? How's it going to work? Is, is who's going to have to come off the bench? Is it going to be Tatum? Is it going to be Brown? Is it going to be uh Hayward? People are so fucking dumb. No, it's going to be Kyrie Brown. Hayward, Tatum, Horford. 
Easy. Well, I don't understand where the confusion is. That's not confusing at all to me. What do you mean, who's it going to be? I thought it was very obvious what that that's going to be the most lethal starting lineup. And I know people are thinking, no, the Warriors have Boogie now. That's the most. Boogie's not going to play until February, bro. And they're going to have Jordan Bell at the center or whatever. Um, the, the Celtics, just between their defense and their ability to score, they're the most lethal starting five in the league. Now, here's the key to that. Now, I. I guess I'll just talk about the matchup between the Celtics and the Warriors because that's probably what it'll be for the finals. I picked the Celtics. I picked them last year if Kyrie was healthy. He wasn't, unfortunately. I picked Celtics to win the championship this year. I think the Warriors are just exhausted. I think Steph is exhausted. Clay looks like shit. Draymond just doesn't play like Draymond anymore. KD doesn't care. No one likes him. And Bogey could definitely be toxic to that team. I'll talk about Boogie in a little bit, but I'm actually not going to talk about that matchup until I get to the Warriors. I've changed my mind. I just want to finish with the Celtics. Celtics, smart coming off the bench, one of the best defenders in the league. Terry Rozier, underratedly athletic. There was a oh – God, what game was it? What game was it? I can't remember what game it was. I think it was versus the Rockets when they were down 26 and they came back to win by like one or two or whatever it was. Terry Rozier comes into the game. He gets one of his classic steals. He runs down. He's being chased there right behind him. And he takes off from almost the free throw line. He's like a step and a half in from the free throw line. He takes off. Throws it down. That dude is athletic. He's underrated in his athleticism. Daniel Tice, Aaron Baines, Yabuselli, uh, Sami Ojale. Who else comes off the bench for them? They get rid of Larkin. Uh, that the dude Robert Williams, a third who just got drafted. He's a. They are athletic. The smallest dude on the team is Kyrie, and he's one of the most undefend. You can't defend him. Like I said, I've seen him blocked like three times ever in all of his time playing. That's truly an unbelievable team, and they have the best coach in the NBA. Sorry, pop. Uh, it's it's Brad Stevens. He's a genius. He's a basketball genius. And they haven't looked good in the preseason, but I'm just not worried that, about that. I don't like it, but I'm not worried about it. It'll be okay. Because you have to look, you know, what are they going to look like in April? If they're healthy, which you have to hope, you have to assume no one gets hurt. They are just so dangerous. I don't. I think I had a greater point, but I can't remember. They're dangerous. Okay, let's move away from the Celtics. I already talked about the 76ers. Number two team in the East. It's probably going to be the Raptors. If Kawhi's healthy. He's, I mean, you watch his highlights. You forget just because it was a year. And, you know, the most recent memory of him really is getting hurt in that game one of Warrior Series, Western Conference Finals. What we don't remember about that game is he had like 29 points in 25 minutes on like 60% shooting. And obviously, defense, they were up like 30 points. I'm not saying the Warriors would have lost a series. I'm not saying that. But what the fuck? That dude's unreal. He's really unreal. And again, Toronto, 
long and athletic. Still the bench mob. Danny Green is still a decent player. Who's their coach now? Nick Nick Nurse? We'll see. That's all I can say about that is we'll see. It's going to be fun, though. It, I hope Kawhi plays the whole season, or at least 75 games, 70 games, something like that. <laughs> because it, they're going to be fun. They're going to be really fun. And the rest of the Eastern Conference is just whatever. The Pistons were really, weirdly really good with Reggie Jackson playing their point guard. And then when he got hurt, they were awful. And then he came back and they won their last few games, but they were just stuck in the night seed. You know, you know I guess I'll talk about my beloved Bulls for a moment. Lori got hurt. I don't trust. I don't trust any of the players besides Markin and Carter. I don't trust Jabari. I'll be honest. I, I, I like this team, but I also don't. I wish these players were better versions of themselves. That's all. The only guy who I'm totally happy with is Wendell Carter. He could probably shoot more, but I think he will. I think he'll just he'll he'll be he'll start to shoot more. You know, in Hoiberg's system that he's gonna be shooting threes, everyone's gonna be shooting threes. I think he will. I think he'll be fine. So I'm just not worried about Carter. He could probably cut a sliver of fat off, maybe. That's okay. I'm not being critical. I love him. Western Conference. Western Conference time. <sighs> I guess I should just give my, my order. So Celtics, one. Raptors, two. 76ers, three. Bucks, four. And it could actually switch. Bucks could be three. 76 could be four. Pacers, five. And then it's your guess from six on down. Oh, God, I have no idea. I could look at the standings, but it won't make a difference. I don't know what every other team's going to look like. Miami will probably be in there. Who else? Maybe Cavs, seven or eight. I, I just don't know. Oh, Western Conference. I'll give my standings. I've thought about this a lot. One Warriors. Two Rockets. Three OKC. Four Lakers. Five Jazz. Six Nuggets. This is where it gets hard, right? Seven, eight, and nine is going to be uh, undetermined until the last two or three games of the season. We're just not going to know. It's anyone's guess who's going to be at who's going to be at the bottom. The Nuggets are going to make it. They're underrated. They have seven good players, and if they could just try a little harder on defense, they're going to be really good. As long as you know, again, someone could get hurt. Millsap was hurt for like thirty games last year. And at the end of the season, Gary Harris got hurt. Gary Harris is very important to that team. Millsap would have been important to that team had he really fit into them. If they can stay healthy, they will be they will be in the playoffs. And they will be, what did I say, six? Yeah, they'll be good. And I'm not totally sure about that list. I just said it. <laughs> it could be – I have also thought that it could be Warriors, OKC – Lakers, Rockets, it could be Warriors, OKC, Rockets, Jazz. There's some people who think the Lakers won't even make the playoffs. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Let's talk about the Warriors. Let's talk about the Warriors. Let's just start from the top. Warriors are obviously deadly. Steph is one of the greatest players I've ever seen. KD is a good player. I, if you know me, you know I'm not the biggest fan of KD. 
I just don't think he's a good leader, and that's very important on a team like this. I think Draymond is a fine leader. I think Clay is a good, a very the best role player that you could have. Steph is the second best leader in the NBA. It's LeBron, it's Steph, and then it's Kyrie. And it, you could probably say just because LeBron gets mad at his teammates when they don't play well, it's probably Steph, LeBron, Kyrie, to be honest. I'm not going to talk about my Steph and KD comparisons. I'll have another NBA podcast, and I'll talk about it there. But, you know, like I said, Boogie's coming back from a blown-out Achilles. He's a 270, 280 pounds. He's seven foot one, And the way he blew out his Achilles was because the Pelicans were playing – at one of the fastest paces in NBA history. Well, guess what? The Warriors are one of the fastest-paced teams in NBA history. So are they going to have to totally change the way they play so that he doesn't get hurt again, or ask him to play like that, and maybe he gets hurt again? I don't know what they're going to do. Are you going to slow the whole game down for Boogie? Maybe you should. Maybe they should. Maybe they'll find out that they should do that. Maybe it'll take him way longer to come back. By the time he comes back, it's just not even worth it. Maybe they'll have him coming off the bench and leading the bench team. I mean, they got him for $5 million. They could tell him to do whatever the fuck. Go fuck yourself, dude. We can buy you out. We don't need you. Hey, Boogie, we don't need you. So, you know, stay in line. That's all. <laughs> I'm getting tired of the Warriors, though. Oh, my God. I'll start with my original lineup. Rockets at number two. Originally, I thought they got worse. Not positive they did. Although I did know last year was the last year. It was the only time for them to beat the Warriors. And God damn it, were they close. Chris Paul, I almost cried watching Chris Paul get hurt. I actually almost cried. I was so upset. Not just because I wanted them to beat the Warriors, but because I love Chris Paul. And that hurt me emotionally. I almost shed a tear. I want to say I like the additions they got. They actually got one. They were okay. They might. It was a. They did well in the off season. Carmelo. We'll see. We'll we will just see. I think people will step in. I think him and everyone else will step in line behind CP3 and James Harden. But they might not. I mean, Harden has a bodyguard. He has PJ Tucker. Like he's fine. I don't know. I just think Melo should retire. I just don't think he's in it anymore. How much does he care? He's one of my mental health guys. How much does he care? Not much for me to say about the Rockets, though, because we just don't know. Number three, OKC. I love this team right now. OKC, let me say my thing about OKC. They have the funnest matchups in the NBA. They have the most, not the funnest, they have the most fun matchups in the NBA. I don't know when that started. I don't know how it's possible, but they're the most fun. First, the Warriors, obviously. They're so fun to watch. First, the Rockets, for whatever reason, those two teams have just go to war. They just go to war every single time. Who else? The Jazz, there's obviously a history there now. Uh, the Nuggets, they go toe-to-toe with. I don't know what the Timberwolves are going to look like, but last year I think they lost all three games they played against the Timberwolves. Really close games? The Celtics. Both times. One of the games, Celtics were down 26, I think. 
The Celtics were down 26 multiple times last year. They were down 26, and they come back to win by like 14 in the fourth quarter. Maybe it was like by 10. They ended up just blowing them out. Kyrie had an awesome five-point play. Uh, and then the second time they played them, Marcus Morris hit that three with like 0.1 seconds left to beat them at the last, last second. Oh, God, there's another team. 76ers. Oh, my God. 76ers. Embiid versus Adams and Russ. They go back and forth. They talk shit on the court, and then Embiid talks shit on social media. That is a really fun matchup. I think there's another one, too. I feel like there's another one I just can't think. I mean, Paul George, when he goes to L.A., is going to be weird, right? Paul George is going to go to the Lakers. Whenever he's in Staples Center, it's going to be weird because they're going to boo the shit out of him because I thought it would be LeBron and Paul George. So that'll be funny. I don't even know what that's going to look like. They have the most interesting matchups of any other team in the league. And it's not just because, like, stylistically. It's just because of this history. Like, with the Jazz. With uh, the 76ers. That's a fun fucking rivalry. That is so fun. I mean, it's Oklahoma City. How do they have some of the most fun matchups in the entire NBA? I don't know, but it's awesome. Uh, what did I say? Okay, Lakers. I talked about the Lakers a bit earlier. I love them. LeBron James is pretty good at basketball. Like I said, I like Mo Wagner. I can't wait till he's healthy. I think Lonzo Ball is going to be amazing. Rondo, we don't need. We have a great history with Rondo. He's incredible. Uh, Kuzma needs to improve in many ways. He knows that. He's just active. So uh, you know, people talk about him a lot, but he's he's you know he's really just active. But I think he's going to be good. I don't like his shot selection. I don't like this Mamba mentality shit, which means I saw a ball and take a shitty shot. But I think it's I, th- I think he's good. Ingram, we've seen it. I don't need to see any more. He's a good three-point shooter. He's a good mid-range shooter. He can finish on the basket. He shoots like, what, 87, 86% from the free throw line. He's a good rebounder. He's just good. He's just a good basketball player. I don't I don't need to say anything else about him. So they got Svi Makai Luke, who's a good three-point shooter. People don't think they'll make the playoffs. I think they're ridiculous. Lance Stevenson was actually good in that Cavs Pacer series. People don't want to talk about that because he was also goofy and he did some, you know, shit, him and Jeff Green getting mixed up like that. But I was actually on Lance's side with that. I thought that Jeff Green threw him to the ground, which caused them to fall over each other. Uh, if you go back and look at that replay, I think the rest got it wrong. So the Lakers are going to be good. I just Anyone who thinks they'll be an eight seed is just out of their mind. It's LeBron James. What are you talking about? Whatever. Number five. Who did I say? Jazz. They didn't get any better. But they should also get better. Rudy Gobert should get better. Donovan Mitchell should get better. Uh, what's his name? Ricky Rubio. Should get better. He's starting to shoot a little bit. He started shooting decently last year. And here's the they beat the Rock uh, uh, OKC in six. 
they took the Rockets to five, five games. But here's what I want to say about that Rockets Jazz series. By game three, it was Dante Exum and Ricky Rubio were injured with hamstring injuries. And all those games were very close. They were very close. I cannot say how close they were. The Rockets were fighting. They were fighting to beat the Jazz. Ricky Rubio was playing well up until he got hurt. Give me Ricky Rubio, then give me Dante Exum, and don't ask the rookie, the rookie two guard, to do literally everything. And I think that series goes a little, little longer than five. Maybe they don't win, but I can see it going six or seven. I swear. I'm not just talking shit. I think it could go six or seven. I think they were that good. And I think they'll be a little bit better. I think Quinn Snyder's awesome. I think they're a good team. They might be underrated. I might be underrating them. They could be the second best team in the West. Who even knows? They might be, and that's regular season. We're only talking about the regular season. Nuggets, six. Second, you know, tied for second, first, second most underrated team in the league. Jamal Murray will, I feel a jump coming from Jamal Murray. I feel it. He showed too many flashes for there not to be a jump last year. Gary Harris is so underrated. And the NBA, play, when you hear NBA players talk about it, they talk about that. They say those guys over there, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, even Jokic, are underrated guys. Now they have IT, who can just take his time and come back healthy. Now every, he got the surgery. Now everyone can just say, hey, you know what, dude, we, we don't need you. Not because you're bad. We don't need you because we don't need you yet. Just get healthy. We want 29 points a game, Isaiah Thomas. And don't get me wrong, he's playing for Brad Stevens, and everyone plays better under Brad Stevens. But if he could give you 15 and 6 a game, and then Willie Barton comes off the bench and gives you that, Michael Porter Jr. will play this year. I just don't know when. When? They're going to be good. Millsaps. I hate that contract, but he's fine. Jokic is good. He's just he needs to go for a run. He can stay on my couch, and we can go to to to, to Takwa, you know, four times a week, and just just go for a run. Because he's winded three minutes after checking into the game. It's crazy. How do you check in a game and you're an NBA player? But it's so crazy. He's winded. He's really winded, but he'll play for 40 minutes. He'll just look closer to death by minute 39 than minute one, you know. The Nuggets are very underrated. And then after that, I really struggle. People keep saying the Pelicans. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know about the Pelicans. I don't know about the Timberwolves. I don't think Jimmy Butler will be there. And we saw very clearly, with Jimmy Butler, they're a three-seed. They somehow score a bunch of points per game. I don't know how. I don't understand their offense. Tibbs does not know how to teach an offense, so I don't understand their offense whatsoever. Without Jimmy Butler, they if, if they had lost Jimmy Butler earlier or not had him last year, they would have just been a 10, 11 seed. There wouldn't have been anything. 
It could be anyone. Who knows how good the Mavs are going to be? What if Luka Doncic comes out balling and Smith Jr. And, God, they got one of the guys, Harrison Barnes and uh, DeAndre Jordan. Maybe they're balling and they can get into the eighth seed. Clippers, I think, will probably make the playoffs, but I don't know. I think that's just my love for Tobias Harris. It truly is my love for Tobias Harris. I forgot about the Wizards. Fuck the Wizards. I hate John Wall. Um, yeah, so that's my Western Conference thing. I really just wanted to talk about OKC matchups. That was my number one thing I wanted to mention. <laughs> because I think that it's just crazy to me that they're like the most fun team to watch, not just because you're watching them, but when you're watching them play half the league, they're so entertaining. All right, I got one more topic. It should be short. This should be pretty short, though. And that is NBA mental health. And we've seen it with Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan, uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. I mean, Kawhi hasn't said anything about his mental health, but I'm pretty sure he's on the spectrum. That's not to be mean. I'm not saying he has, like, full-blown Down syndrome. It's called the spectrum because it's very broad. But we heard his laugh. We've seen his personality. We've seen, you know, the, the weird eye contact thing. But also when he gets on the court, he's unbelievably good and he's locked in. And he's insane. That's the spec. He's on the spectrum somewhere on there. Um, but I see guys like, like Dwight Howard and Carmelo, guys who could have been better, but they're lazy. They just don't want to work as hard. That's a mental health thing. I don't know what it, where I'm going with this. I'm just talking about it. I don't know what to say. Because I look at – I this really came to the forefront for me with John Wall. Because very recently, past two days, John Wall said, you know, there's some criticism about his partying and not taking it seriously. And he looks like shit. He looks like shit. And he said, you know, I'm a grown-ass man. I can do whatever I want. And that's when you know, like, oh, what are you guarding? You're guarding something. That's not good. You don't want to hear that. That's for sure. There's something going on. I don't know what. But he has some mental health issue that's not being addressed. Oh, God. I know there was another dude. I mean, it's like those... It's those... Guys who had the potential to be better and they don't try hard. That's probably a mental health thing, right? Wiggins, Rudy Gay, um, Mello, Dwight. I know I'm missing one. I just can't think of who. The guys who are like, oh, my God. Oh, even – no, not Carl Towns. He's just not great on defense. But, like, what would not inspire you? Why would Wiggins not play harder? He got a massive contract. When you get a massive contract, just play harder, right? You would think that, right? And still, he just doesn't try that hard. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I, I just wanted to... I, I had it written down, NBA Mental Health, and I had those guys in mind. I don't know what to say, though. I, I'm, it's a little bit critical. It's also applauding. The NBA has been really good about that talking about mental health, promoting mental health awareness as commercials and shit now and videos on YouTube of, you know, K-Love and DeMar DeRozan talking about it, people encouraging people to open up about it. But it's also like, I wonder what the league and what those teams would be doing for guys like 
John Wall. It it really came from seeing John Wall because there's something going on. Duh. You have a big fucking contract, bro. Why are you fat? Like, not just out of weight. Like, you look fat. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Obviously. Who am I to know? That was my NBA thing. I'm excited. I'm so excited for the season. There's just, it feels like there's just more games to look forward to. And even like, you would think like, even though LeBron is out of the East, maybe the East would suck. It won't. It'll be interesting. You would think the Cavs would suck. They're going to suck relatively, but they still have a weirdly interesting lineup and they have weirdly interesting players. Now the Lakers are good. Who knows what AD is going to look like without Boogie and you know him totally running the team. Rondo's gone too. I don't know. It's it's going to be it's going to be a good NBA year. I'm really excited, and I'm trying to decrease the amount of basketball I'm playing. But when I watch basketball, I want to play basketball. It's part of the reason I love it so much because there's no other sport where you watch it, you have a good time, you want to play it, and then you can just go and play it. That's just like the most, maybe the most underrated thing about why it's so entertaining. It's not just the social media stuff. It's not the fact that the game is fun and exciting. It's the fact that if I watch a good football game, I watch my boy Aaron Rodgers, Hail Mary touchdown to win the game or whatever. I can't just go and do that. But if I watch whoever win whatever game with whatever shot, I can go and try and do that. One of my favorite games of all time. I'll throw this in here because, uh, no rules, right? One of my favorite games of all time to watch. 2016 NBA Christmas game. Cavs Warriors was so good. There's 10 moments in that game that are so exciting. One, it's the LeBron gets a layup while he's falling down, and then Clay grabs a ball, tosses it down court to KD. KD takes it down, throws it in, dunks super hard. And then K-Love grabs the ball. You know, one of his classic outlet passes to Braun, who's still all the way down the end of the court, grabs it, throws it down. And it's one of those LeBron dunks where it's like, fuck you. I'm the king. Fuck you, KD. That was a KD versus LeBron game. It was so fun. It was KD and Clay versus LeBron and Kyrie. Steph had a bad game. Hit like two threes. And then, oh, there's some other moments. What else? What else? I know I'm going to miss one, but I know there's the uh, moment. um, There's two in the fourth quarter. There's two big Richard Jefferson dunks. In the fourth quarter, the Cavs go down 14. The Cavs won that game. After they got Kevin Durant, after the Warriors got Kevin Durant, the Cavs still won that game. No, I think I can remember everything from this game. I've watched the highlights 35 times. Richard Jefferson has two big dunks. One that the crowd just didn't quite see. They reacted, but they didn't react right. The second one, there that the queue lights up, and they lit up for that Richard Jefferson dunk. I lit up for that Richard Jefferson dunk. That was fun. That was a good dunk. Then there is... Kyrie went bananas in the fourth quarter. 
LeBron has two dunks in the fourth quarter. One of them, okay. The other one, he does this thing where Kyrie drives in. LeBron comes right after him. Kyrie throws it to LeBron. LeBron, LeBron goes up, dunks over like three Warriors. But he hangs on the rim and just fucking swings on the rim. And it's one of those moments where you realize how big and powerful he is. You're like, oh my god, that's a fucking animal human being. That is an animal human being. I love that dunk. Just watch. I love when dudes swing on the rim. I think it's crazy. When he dunks angry, it's the scariest shit in the world. Like that dunk on uh, Nurkic last year. That was a fucking... And then to end the game... Oh, you know what? At the the end of the uh, first half... I think it was Iguodala bringing the ball up. And LeBron comes from behind him and dunks it. Mike Breen. Was it? Is it Mike Breen? Yeah. You know, blocked by James. And it's just a flashback from the finals, not six months ago. I love that moment. And then to finish the game off, Kyrie comes down the court. And a move I've emulated a thousand times. And I've actually hit the shot twice. But he's being guarded by Clay. Clay's all over him. And he like drives in and he turns around and does a step back jumper, falling down. And like I said, fourth quarter, he starts balling out of control. Turns around, hits a jumper, puts him up one, which allows him to win the game. That game is amazing. It's an amazing, amazing game. They went to war. They beat the shit out of each other. That was like the last time that that series was fun. That was the last game where that series was really fun. Cavs Warriors. I think that's all I got to say. I think that's it. If I say anything after this, this is I'm just talking about basketball. I think I've gotten everything I want to talk about for this coming year off my chest. I will say, I think I said I can add music. I think the intro, I would like the intro to be the beginning of Mo Bamba. Now, intro. It was going to be Cocky, which is a song off of the uh, Uncle Drew movie album. But I think it's actually going to end up being White Iverson, which is my favorite Post Malone song. Yeah, that'll be it. There'll be another podcast coming sometime whenever I feel like it. That'll, I'm telling myself it'll be the one about. My mushroom experience, my relationship with weed and alcohol, and sober October because it's sober October right now. That's what I'm doing. I won't talk about that. I don't know how long it's going to be. Not as long as this. I don't know what music I'm going to use for that. Oh, you'll see. All right, I'm out.